Hello out there. I'm Whitney. And I'm Will. And you're listening to Yelling About Superheroes. Hey guys, this is episode four. Infinity. In- yeah, but there, there's no better title than just Infinity War, basically. Let's just, let's just Infinity War and Fantasy Avengers. Yes, we will argue after we see the movie about which of our Fantasy Avengers lineups from the previous episode came out better in this movie. Yeah, we're uh, sitting right now in the parking lot of the movie theater. Recording this in my car. Yeah, we're both freaking out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I've mentioned before, you know, I have seen... You know, I have seen no trailers, only glimpses of posters. I have deliberately avoided as much information as I possibly could, which is so crazy because I'm going into this with so little clue of what to expect, but also I'm so excited. Yeah, I honestly haven't seen much more, like, material than you have. I haven't been, like, steadfastly avoiding it like you have, but more for me, it's just, like, just the the whole concept of this movie stresses me out because it's so many characters, and I know people are gonna die in this movie, and I don't really necessarily know which people, so yeah, it's a little bit frightening. It's really happening. This is... Yeah, seriously. Oh my god. I have been waiting Waiting for this since the little Thanos bonus thing at the end of the Avengers back in freaking 2012. God, yeah, this is like six years in the making. When I saw it, this it's, specific it, it's plot line, years. the MCU is 10 years in the making. Yeah, and I am, man, seriously hyped. It's it's gonna be some crazy shit. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Ooh, and I can feel like go... my blood pressure going up right now just thinking of it. I'm gonna be a wreck during this movie. Yeah, anyway, so before yes. we go, our podcast analysis for it is going to be based on our fantasy Avengers teams that we set up last episode. Yeah, it'll be like a big game of Super Fight if you ever heard of that. It's, it's gonna be great. I'm excited. Yeah, um, so my team is Thor, Nick Fury, Vision, Rocket and Groot and Nebula, and then rounding it out are Black Panther, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange. And again, you can go back to episode three if you want to, like, hear our justifications for choosing these again. Yeah, hear the actual, like, drafting process or whatever. And meanwhile, my lineup um, is Captain America, oh god, uh, Hulk, right, Hulk, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, Gamora, Shuri, Valkyrie, and Bucky. Is Valkyrie? I don't know. I'm not sure if Valkyrie's even going to be in this movie. I don't know if Nick Fury's going to be in this movie. I assume he is, but I would assume, and like I would assume Valkyrie is at least there in some capacity as well, yeah. since she was on the ship at the very end of Ragnarok. So. Yeah, we talked about this last time. So yeah, okay, we're gonna go in. We're gonna yes. watch it. It's gonna uh, be freaking oh insane. God. Yeah. So and as yeah, soon as tune in again over, in like two minutes for you guys to see or hear us arguing about stuff. They don't It'll have be... to tune in. This is gonna play. And that was me attempting to make a joke. There we go. Oh boy. So that was a movie. Yeah. Oh man. Good lord. We're actually recording this Saturday morning because I like I needed time to process what the hell happened. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of crossover things, there's a lot of characters, ends on a bit of a downer, I'll be perfectly honest. That's an understatement. A frick ton of people die. Yeah, like, okay. Like, dissolve so, into some, like, it, it, it isn't even pretty the way they die either. It's like they dissolve into, like, fragments of really crappy old fall leaves. Yeah, okay. I mean, do we just want to talk about, like, that conclusion like bit first and then kind of work backwards from there almost i mean maybe we should also like tally up how our various fantasy avengers teams did because i don't think we were expecting quite that kind of death toll so yeah 
I mean, think. death um, toll for the moment, at least. Because, like, all of the oh-snap deaths are absolutely coming back in Avengers 4, but we'll get to that later. I really hope you're right about that. Okay, so there were a couple of characters that we each picked that didn't show up in the movie at all, but... Wait, think... who did you pick who didn't show up in the movie? Because Nick Fury came in at the very, very end. Yeah. Actually, I think, yeah, everyone I picked did show up eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, Valkyrie did not show up, which is, you know, good for her. Hopefully she's off getting drunk and banging some hot chick on a planet somewhere It was completely unaffected by Thanos or whatever. I'm just going to assume that's the case. Yeah, I mean, um, they said Thanos killed half the Asgardians. Yeah. And which... because Valkyrie was not visible anywhere on the, like, opening scene... It's, she most likely survived, and they sent her to, like, defend the people who didn't get blown up. Yeah, that Because, like, that everyone else who was, who was powerful was fighting Thanos at the beginning there. Yeah, basically, basically. So, yeah, basically she's a wash, um, not factoring into our assessment at all. Yeah, so, and of the rest of my team, Cap, Hulk, and Black Widow are still alive. Side note, I cannot believe Steve Rogers made it out of this movie alive. I was expecting him to kick it. I I was expecting either him or Tony Stark to die. Yeah, like, like, I, was... I mean, like we just said, I think, in the like pre-movie recording, um, I thought like Steve Rogers and Tony Stark were not long for this world, but now that they've survived this, because I knew they, I knew they would have to have some emotional reconciliation thing, which I guess now is going to be put off until Avengers Four. God, yeah, you're right. I guess so. Those three are still alive. Scarlet Witch, Gamora, and Falcon all kicked it. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Falcon in the really stupid fall leaves looking dissolution thing, and Gamora in a. Uh, we'll get to that later. Ah! Bucky also dissolved in crappy fashion. Um, we don't know what happened to Shuri. Shuri is... I think is... the last we saw of her was when one of the Black Order members was invading the lab, and she got, like, knocked under that staircase, and I don't think we saw her after that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sure I'm going to be optimistic fun. and presume she's alive, primarily I'm... because if Marvel actually kill her even if it's temporary i will actually like take a road trip to wherever their studio is and like throw hands i'm sure she's fine shut up um but yeah so basically only four of my eight relevant team members made it out alive and can i can i just say for a moment as someone who happily ships steve with both bucky and sam i am personally offended that I had to watch two of the three loves of Steve Rogers' life dissolve into shitty fall leaves in front of his eyes. How dare you, Marvel? How dare you? Okay. okay. I will try to compartmentalize my rage at that from now on. I just had yeah. to say that. Like, ugh! All right, yeah. So the uh, team I ended up picking, let's see. Thor, Rocket, and Groot were together for a solid chunk of the movie. Which was hilarious. Yeah. Groot ended up getting snapped by the oh snap bit at the end, um, but yeah, um, Thor and Rocket are still kicking, and they have yeah, Rocket is actually the only Guardian who is still kicking, which is depressing. Yeah. Unless you count Nebula. That's true. Yeah, she did make it out alive, didn't she? And I don't know, maybe Kraglin. Kraglin was on our list. Yeah, um, but neither he didn't... of us picked him, but he did not yeah. show up in the movie. No, that's weird. I th Sean Gunn's name definitely showed up in the credits. I don't I think remember he, seeing him. I think he did mocap for Rocket. Oh, really? Oh, cool. So, 
Yeah, there was all that. And then I had Vision, who had a pretty significant role. I think Vision did pretty well for himself. Despite was, getting his forehead ripped out. I, was, I feel like he was actually a bit of a damsel in distress. He 100% was. Yeah, didn't really get to... I mean, he kind of got to kick some ass in the fight scene in Edinburgh. Yeah, that was, that really was a it cool for scene. Like, for like the rest of the movie, his it, role was just to like look pained and... It did develop him really interestingly. And he had that whole thing in Scotland where he was like disguised or whatever as a human, which I thought was really interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then, let's see, I also picked Nebula, who didn't do much in this movie, but I think had a significant role, and I'm reasonably certain she's going to be coming back in a big way in the next one. Oh, she'd better. She had better kick her dumb adopted father's ass all the way to, like, the next universe. Like, I'm, I'm rooting for her. She she deserves to exact that revenge. You you feel, you seem like you are taking some of these things rather personally. Yeah, think? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and then besides that, I also had Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man, all of whom have pretty significant and pretty awesome roles in this movie, and also all of whom get snapped by the snapped at the end of it. Oh man, I was about to like scream when Peter was starting to dissolve. I'm like, don't you That's, care? No, it was so bad. It really was. And I can't, Peter. Okay, and was I the only one who noticed like a lot of the people kicking it during the snap were like, not ev- not everyone. But a lot of them were, like, women and or people of color. See, that's the thing. I don't... The exceptions are Bucky and Star-Lord and Peter. Yeah, but okay. But for the so... most part, like, T'Challa, Sam... Um, yeah, but I think there Wish, are specific the reasons that the people who disappeared did. I'm still not happy about um, it, but go Which on. we can get to in a minute. Um, because there's just the last person to cover who was on my team, who was Nick Fury... Shows up nowhere in the bulk of the movie, but comes back for the post credit scene and summons Captain Marvel. Oh my god. And then promptly goes... Psss. Yeah. And not before getting a half a motherfucker in, which was... I was like, Jackson! I was like so conflicted in that moment. I'm like, he's dying, but that was so funny. Oh man. Oh, that movie was a roller coaster in general. Okay. Like, I'm shocked at how... I Okay, I... Guess I shouldn't be as as shocked at this because like I like I said before the movie came out I had a lot of faith in the Russos and Marcus and McFeely like I figured if anybody on this green earth would be up to the task of combining friggin that many characters into one movie given how well Civil War turned out it would be them yep. and they did well it it was a really well executed movie but it like tore my heart out of my chest and stamped on it and, like, threw salt on it. Yeah, yeah. I think every character, you know, not every character had a lot of development to them, but I think every character had some degree of, like, awesome stuff that they did. Yeah, and they were all very well characterized, very... They did the same sort of thing they did in Civil War where every single line of dialogue was really really massively in character and could carry a lot of it was serving like multiple functions i feel like yeah yeah totally yeah they they know how to use time efficiently when they're dealing with that many characters which is like about the best thing you could possibly have for 
a behemoth of a movie like yeah. this. And the way they split up the cast into different groups was interesting. And the groups don't all meet over the course of the movie. Some of them do, but there's never any point where everybody's all in the same place. And I think that's kind of a deliberate setup to Avengers 4, where everybody's surely going to end up together. And I'm crossing my fingers. Out, right? Yeah, Marvel, you better bring Bucky back. And Sam. Yeah. Okay, and, so... And Scarlet Witch, I like her too. She deserves better. So the whole, like, snap thing, that I guess that's the big, like, shocking twist thing but all right so in the comics in the original infinity gauntlet storyline something very similar happens thanos's motivations are completely different in the comics yeah we could talk about that at some point too yeah yeah we thanos has a lot to him um and i think we should get to that but Mm -hmm. for a moment like there's a similar thing where he snaps his fingers and half of all life in the universe disappears basically and of course what ends up happening at the end of that story is a character, in that case it was Nebula, gets her hand back on the gauntlet and undoes basically everything Thanos did. And, I mean, look, basically all of the characters who got, like, vanished, or at least, like, half of the characters are characters that we already know have more movies upcoming. That's true, like Like, T'Challa and Spidey. They've already announced the next Spider-Man and Guards of the Galaxy movies, Oh, have I missed that? Yeah, Before. not in any, like, official way. They don't have, like, titles out or anything. We just know they're making them. And, like, the only one of the Guardians of the Galaxy to not get snapped away was Rocket, who, while awesome, I don't think could carry a Guardians of the Galaxy movie on his own. Yeah, probably not. Um, and, you know, Black Panther and Doctor Strange. Like, Black Panther was super popular there, of course. Like, yeah, no, they would, Marvel would truly be a bunch of idiots if they were going to kill off T'Challa because it was such a moneymaker for them like good yeah Lord. and i think the thing is the thing is here that you know it's not really a matter of oh are they it's not a matter of if they're going to come back it's a matter of how they're going to come back you know i think the thing is like i'm talking now specifically about all the people who got vanished with thanos's snappity snap snap because i think like the other deaths in that movie of loki and possibly gamora and vision yeah. were i'm still really cut up about gamora yeah gamora i could see I, I don't know i could see a lot of things happening with her just because the being linked to the soul stone thing and the bit with young gamora um, at the end of the movie i th- i think there could be more to tell with her but i think that one could go either way um, whereas I think Loki is definitely gone, which... Yeah, honestly, you know yeah. how we talked about... I think I mentioned in our like preliminary thing that I had my predictions about like a couple characters were going to... Loki was one of them. Vision was the other. Yeah, Loki... I was so sure Loki was going to kick it. I actually read... Loki um, was really... I think Loki's whole thing was really well done. Yeah. I mean, it's sad, but I think it's also a really good conclusion to his whole story. Yeah. And, oh my god, he's all like... The fact that his last action was at both an attempt at betraying Thanos a little bit, a little bit, um, not super well thought out, but, like, you know, betraying Thanos, but also being so loyal to Thor and the Asgardi- oh, and the Asgardians yes. was... Man... That was a whole thing. I, you know what? I just thought a better move for Loki would have been to not conjure the knife until he had his hand like really close to Thanos and then just friggin' make the knife come out of his 
sleep or whatever and stab Thanos like right there. That would have been a better tactical move, but I digress. Now, you know what would have been a better tactical move? Get help. Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Speaking of R.I.P. Heimdall. Heimdall too. Oh can yeah. We, can we? He has like, such a cool moment at the end though. Just Yeah. When he like summons the Bifrost to get Hulk to earth. Yeah. Can we talk about how Hulk lands like several good punches on Thanos? Yeah. Like, dang. I mean, I was I, wailing on him for yeah. a bit there. I knew there was no way that the Hulk was going to come out on top of that fight, especially after Thanos had two stones, but he put up a pretty good showing. Seriously. For that part of the movie and literally yeah. never any other. Yeah, no kidding. I, I actually wondered. I'm surprised they didn't bring the Hulk out again for the rest of the movie. I think the. Th- I mean, they showed that, like, the Hulk didn't want to come out, presumably because he was scared of Thanos or something similar to that. I think that's one of the things they're uh, saving for number four. Okay. That makes slightly more sense. Yeah. <laughs> and the, Bruce and the Hulkbuster armor was still hilarious. That though. was great. That and then was when he great. tripped and fell and Okoye was just like, we're all gonna <laughs> die. The look yeah. on her face was just priceless. Like, Denai Guerrera yeah. murdered. Yeah. Like, she, she totally got that scene perfect it was great yeah okay so another to circle back to the whole snap thing i was talking about mm-hmm. so we basically know more or less for certain that those people are going to come back but the thing is that the people who all those people you know we know are coming back whereas all the people who are still around all of the first six avengers from the first movie are still around oh god you're right yeah and there's a few other people who yeah Rhodey survived out. which i was pleasantly surprised about yeah Rhodey Okoye survived Okoye too yeah you know so it's like the six event the six OG Avengers plus a little bit of backup and I think that's why it ended up being that most of the female or non-white characters were the ones who vanished because (sighs) the OG six are primarily white dudes yeah yeah I'm still happy about it but I do see what you're saying there yeah and I think the thing is that, like, for most of the surviving characters, almost any of them could die based on what we know about future movies and stuff. Yeah, I mean, contracts are going to be up at some point. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, most of them have been around since pretty early in the MCU. And so, because of that, I think that... God, I almost think, like, it might be possible that even all six of the Aveng- of the original Avengers would, like, die in Avengers 4. Jeez. Okay, there's six original Avengers. Mm-hmm. There's six Infinity Stones. Oh, wait. So it might be that, like, rather than one person getting their hands on the gauntlet and, like, probably sacrificing themselves to bring everyone back, instead, just the original six Avengers each get one of the Infinity Stones and then work together to undo what Thanos did. That would be really cool and a very interesting callback to the original. Steve would bring Bucky and Sam back, but then die himself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know necessarily that all six of them would die doing that. Although I think if they did do that, that would be pretty likely just based on what we've seen of the Infinity Stones and how they work. I don't know. That could really go either way. But I think this six and six thing is a bit too much to be just a coincidence. And now, I guess, do you want to kind of go through the movie with I mean, sure. just the different groups that we got? Uh, I mean, sure. So I don't know. The whole snap thing at the end kind of took the wind out of my fantasy Avengers sales, I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I, we don't necessarily have to decide who won between the fantasy Avengers groups because I feel I th- like... I feel like everyone got pretty well screwed at the end. 
in yeah. some way or another. But for the record, I think I would have won because of the Rocket Groot Thor awesomeness that was going on. I think I think I would at least have given you a run for your money because, again, somehow Steve Rogers survived that friggin' movie. Yeah. And Shuri was awesome for like Shuri, the two seconds she was in the movie. Yeah, Shuri was awesome. She didn't successfully save Vision, but okay, I think actually that Vision of the characters we saw die in that movie who didn't get snapped. I think Vision is one of the more likely to be able to come back just because he has a pretty long history of resurrections in the comics and the way he faded to grayscale was reminiscent. I saw a few comments on this on the internet about it. His like grayscale corpse thing was reminiscent of the white suit that he gets at some point after he gets resurrected at one point in the comics. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So I think, you know, just because they had that whole thing about separating his mind from the Infinity Stone, I think it might be possible that Shuri and or other people will devise some way to get him back. Or possibly not. Yeah. Okay, wait, also, I just have a thought. Speaking of Wakandans, presume I M- Maku made it through, right? I Like wasn't there that shot of him watching people dissolve on the battlefield around him, but he was like still there? I think so, yeah. Yay, Maku! Thank God. So yeah, I guess I mean we open with the dramatic follow-up to the end of Ragnarok. Yeah, which was really like heart-wrenching because yeah. Ragnarok ends on like such a hopeful note almost like yes Asgard has been destroyed but the Asgardians are on a ship in search of a new planet and they're all together and facing the stars and then the Russos had to take that away from us. I mean yeah we know half the Asgardians are still alive at least. That's true. But yeah that was a pretty dramatic way of opening things. Yeah god no kidding. And they you know they Loki had some really cool bits with the We Have a Hulk. I know! Oh my god, that line! They basically gave Loki, like, just a whole se- a whole sequence of badass and or emotionally resonant bits right before they got, they got yeah, rid of him. Yeah, it was a fitting send-off. Yeah. They introduced the Black Order, who are Thanos' four remaining adoptive children. Ugh, yeah. After Gamora and Nebula have kind of gone their own way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just want to mention, I appreciate the, that Gamora and Nebula do not have the same uh, CGI goth boy band look going on. Oh my god, you're so right. I think it would have been interesting, actually, to have them have some kind of confrontation. Because yeah, they would I sort was of, kind of imagining that would happen. Yeah, because they would sort of be siblings. Yeah, I'm surprised they never, yeah. That would have been an interesting confrontation to have. Although the movie was already pretty packed. Yeah, seriously. And now all of the Black Order bite it at various points of the movie. Yeah, have various, like, gruesome deaths. The one guy who Tony calls Squidward, which is really... I like the whole theater started laughing at that one. Um, Squidward yeah. gets thrown out a spaceship and ends up with his frozen corpse floating in space. Uh, Proxima Midnight gets, like, sought, friggin' sawed in half by one of those wheels. Yep. Jeez. After the kick-ass girl fight. Oh my god, yes. Yes, Proxima get, like, thinks she gets Scarlet Witch alone, and then Black Widow is like, she's not alone. And then she and Okoye and Scarlet yeah. Witch team up yeah. to, like, take down Proxima. And I was, was like, I lead over to Will and I whispered, Girl Squad! That was so good. I loved that. Although I thought Black Widow was going to kick it at some point during that fight. I was like, don't you dare. Origin of A-Force? Oh, I hope yeah, I think the Black Order 
had an interesting purpose in basically yeah they the, they they weren't, didn't really get developed as characters very much, which I think is fine because they were really there to let the Avengers get some really cool and worthwhile victories because, you know, they wouldn't really get any chance to actually beat Thanos in this movie. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I thought it was really interesting how they went very overtly for the, like, almost religious angle to it. Yeah, especially with that the one guy, the Ma, I think they called him. Uh, which one was he? The one that interrogates Doctor Strange that they end up killing by oh, throwing out of space. Yeah. Sorry, he's just totally going to be Squidward to me from now on. Yeah. I mean, he's got this whole, like, preacher thing going on, but the I think he, the others don't do that as much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Proxima Midnight totally, like, parrots Thanos' line at, like, one point at least. Like, yeah, she's, to- yeah. she's very clearly drunk the Kool-Aid, you know, so. Yeah, they're all... I don't know, brainwashed or evil or something like that. Yeah, trauma bonded. Possibly. And then Thanos himself is interesting. Yeah, his motivation is completely different from what it is in the comics. Yeah, so in the comics, Thanos is literally in love with death, as in like the anthropomorphic personification of death, which is generally unrequited, except for a couple of interesting stories that involve Thanos being less of an evil dick than he normally is. In this movie, he basically... His motivation is basically, like, kill half the population of the entire universe because population growth is unsustainable. Yeah, which... On the one hand, it is interesting and allows him to have a motivation that isn't bizarre and purely evil and sociopathic. Yeah, or weirdly, like, psychosexual. Yeah. I mean, he's still evil, but he at least thinks that he's doing a good thing, which is something I think you need for a really compelling villain. Oh, 100%. But at the same time, like, it still shows some of his weaknesses from the comics, primarily in... Well, it's hard to say whether they dialed back the Infinity Stones ever so slightly, or if Thanos was just not really creative enough to use them to their full potential. Yeah, I was gonna say, in that big fight scene near the end, before the snap, like, he really was just using the Infinity Gauntlet to, like, blast people out of the way with the various Infinity Stones. It was like, wasn't the Power Stone supposed to, like, be able to destroy a whole planet if he touched it to the surface? Yeah, yeah, but I think he didn't want to do that because he's not trying to kill everyone you know he's trying to kill like half the population but if he you know kills an entire planet without really having a meaning to that is sort of against his own twisted goals yeah i see that i see that so i think he is not trying to kill everyone but i also think that i think on the fight on titan where he has four infinity stones and he's going up against, like, half the Guardians and a few Avengers characters. Yeah, Spidey, um, Tony, and Doctor Strange. Yeah. And, I mean, he, there's some, there's a few powerhouses in that fight, but... Yeah, like, Tony and Doctor Tony Strange has, consistently do really well. Yeah, Tony has definitely, like, kicked it up a notch as far as how badass he is. Oh, And, definitely. like, how much power his suit has. Yeah, nanotech, man, it really does wonders. It... I'll be honest, it felt a little bit jarring after Civil War, where his suit was beaten in a fist fight by Cap with his shield. That's probably, I mean, that's probably why he leveled up so much. Yeah, and I think he, you know... Because Cap and Bucky kicked his ass. 
Yeah. And I mean, obviously, like, in that fight, he wasn't really fighting at his best anyway. But it was kind of weird to see, like, his suit being so blatantly and dramatically more powerful and also the whole nanotech thing being kind of a more magic technology sort of thing where he's just, you know, getting mass out of somewhere to build shields and hammers and ridiculous stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was cool and it feels consistent with how Tony is portrayed in the comics, but it also feels like a bit dramatic an evolution from every other suit we've seen with him. That's true, that's true, I can see that. Where, like, the other Iron Man suits feel like they're a little more solid and weighty because we see him, like, you know, he has to physically put them on and stuff. Yeah. It almost, like, reminds me of the new Black Panther suit that Shuri designs. It is actually very similar to that. Yeah, like, you know how the whole suit is somehow contained in the necklace? Yeah. I think the, um... Yeah, that might that might play into some of how yeah talk that about might be Panther. sort of like a result of the science and information exchange that Shuri heads up. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, because there's been some time yeah. between because the Infinity War is two years after Civil War, whereas Black Panther was what like a week after. Yeah, which <laughs> does make it a little bit which does make it a little bit weird that. Bucky goes into cryostasis for about a week and then gets pulled out. I actually like that, though. I like that... Well, okay, we don't... First off, we don't know how long of a gap there was between him going to cry on the post credit scene. That is definitely We true. don't know. And also, I like the idea of T'Challa and Shuri just waking him up and being like, okay, no, you've had enough time to mope. We're going to help you. I, yeah. I I love that idea. Or Shuri, like, reading through, doing brain scans, just being like, oh, this is actually pretty easy to fix. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And... We got a little bit away from where I was going with that, which was... Yeah, where were you going with Thanos that? with four Infinity Stones versus those characters. At that point, he really... Like, if he had been able to use those stones to their full potential, at least as far as, like, the comics go, he would have been able to beat them all easily. Yeah, like, they would have been toast, but he wasn't using them like that for some reason. Yeah, and part of that's, like, Thanos in the comics has issues where he almost has this subconscious pull to lose. Yeah, I remember reading about that. Yeah, and I think it's not necessarily as pronounced here as it might be in some cases, but I think that's definitely something that is being referenced in some capacity. He talks actually quite a bit about losing, and, like, you know, he talks about to Loki about how Loki lost and that sort of thing. And I think that the fact that he's not really using these Infinity Stones to the full extent they probably could be suggests that, you know, he still has some subconscious... That's, yeah, that's an um, interesting thought. Almost limitations to him. Yeah, yeah, I totally see what you mean. I That would not surprise me a bit if that were the case. Okay, so... We already covered a little bit the Thor and Loki bit at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Hulk gets beamed to Earth. <laughs> Side note, I yeah. was so happy that Peter made the beam up joke later. Yeah. That made me a very happy Star Trek fan. We should basically just go through like the different groups and what happens with them, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think they're, each of them has some interesting pieces to it. Yeah. Because it starts with uh, the Hulk getting smashed into the Sanctum. Which is based on a similar thing from, I think, the original Affinity Gauntlet with Silver Surfer. 
Oh, really? Or Silver Surfer is just thrown into the Sanctum. Yeah, that's sort of the initiating point for Doctor Strange, of all people, to start bringing people together. Oh, seriously, I was not expecting that. Yeah. He immediately goes and gets Tony, and oh, Tony and Pepper got married. I know! I'm, I'm, I'm so happy! I'm glad they're back. I'm glad seriously. they're back. Seriously. And I am going to put money down on Pepper actually being pregnant, and Tony Stark dies in Avengers 4, and then Pepper has the kid. Oh, God. That oh, is God. 100% oh, no. happening. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's going to be another Wash and Zoe situation. Oh. No. Anyway. So, this is where Tony Stark meets Doctor Strange. And, and they hate each other, which makes total sense. I love their freaking ego clash. That Seriously, is it's great. so well done. I'm trying to save your reality, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> They're so similar, which is why they yeah. so don't and work. I, I love how in this movie, Tony got to clash with the two characters who are most like him, Strange and Peter Quill. Oh, God, yes. God, seriously. So they have a whole fight with the first two. Yeah, Squidward of the and... Big dude. Big dude. I, I was going to... Sclave is his name. I don't remember. I don't How really the Black care. Order has super freaking weird names. Yeah, seriously. So, they, you know, they have their whole thing. They fight a bunch. I think it's interesting. I noticed this early on, like, they get their butts whooped at first by the Black Order. But later on, when they beat them, you know, in that initial fight, everyone's kind of working on their own. Yeah, you're kind of right. And, you know, because Stark and Strange don't know each other and Bruce is just trying to, try to force the Hulk out and the Hulk is not willing to come out. Which is a totally weird reversal from what was happening in Ragnarok, too. It's weird, and honestly, it's super interesting. Yeah, totally, totally. Banner trying to bring out the Hulk, and the Hulk refusing to come out. Also interesting is that later on, when other fights against the Black Order happen, almost all of the times where they kill the Black Order members, they win directly because of teamwork. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't, like, I hadn't put that together. I kind of noticed it, but... Yeah. Yeah. And I think the only exception to that is when Banner manages to smash the big guy into the shield. But I think that's even sort of indirect teamwork because he did it using the Hulkbuster. True, yes. That's still hilarious to me. Yeah. But anyway, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Peter shows up. He just sees the giant freaking spaceship and he just immediately jumps in for it. Yeah, which by this point, he's got to be like, what, a senior in high school, right? Was he a sophomore in Homecoming? You're right. It was two years later. I don't know why I kept thinking he was a junior. So I was like, why the heck is he on a school bus? Isn't he like in college by now? Yeah. Oh my God. If like Peter might not be able to go to college if he doesn't get brought back. Oh no. Sorry. He's I'm being back. sad. He's he coming back. better. Oh my God. I think multiple people would like storm Marvel studios if they don't actually bring him back. Yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's too big. That's true. But anyway... I love Genki's quick calls to distraction. Oh, God, there's a spaceship. We're all going to die. <laughs> Very potent distraction, for sure. Yeah. And Stan Lee's driving the bus. All like, oh what, haven't God, your kid ever yes. seen a spaceship before? I love that, like, the suggestion that he's, if that's the same guy that he was in Guardians of the Galaxy when he showed up with the washers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in that case, like, spaceships would not be a big deal to him. Oh, no, seriously not. Or that he's just a weird commercial bus driver. Either way, pretty good. Yeah, I do like that there are several nods back to the original Avengers movie. They keep talking about, 
oh yeah, that was the guy who sent the Chitori. And Tony, I think in particular, is haunted by that. This movie yeah, yeah. felt, I think part of the reason it worked so well overall was that it felt really intimately tied in with the rest of the MCU. Whereas we have an episode on Age of Ultron coming up that we've already recorded. But I don't think that movie pays as much attention to the rest of the MCU. I think that's part of why it falls flat for me. And primarily War, pays like, attention to just the other Avengers movie. Yeah. Infinity War felt so much more organically integrated with the MCU. It does. It does. I think it's really interesting how it all works overall. Oh, definitely. And then Doctor Strange gets captured. There's some really cool action sequences, but I think not a whole lot to talk about by way of character development and stuff. But Not then really. Wong stays back to guard the uh, Sanctum. But it was right. Pretty... That's what happened to him. That makes sense. Yeah, but it was pretty cool to see him. Yeah, for cool like guy, two seconds. Sometimes. Yeah. And then Stark sneaks on board the ship, and Peter hangs along because that's what Peter do. Yep. And Peter does, in fact, get the ugly ass homecoming outfit. Yeah. Well, he's not wearing it at first, but then yeah. Tony but then Tony like rockets it over to and, him. Yeah. And I think I'm more okay with it than I might otherwise be because it's almost certainly just a temporary upgrade. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's also based directly on the Iron Spider outfit, which was used during the Civil War comics plotline, which has a similar back extra four legs thing. Okay, something I noticed was that it took Peter longer to dissolve at the very end than it took like pretty much everybody else. And I wonder how much of that was due to him actively resisting it and how much was maybe due to the nanotech and the iron giant? Iron giant suit. Iron spider suit? I don't know. I think it's more just a matter of everyone didn't go all poof at once. That's true. Because, I don't know, for whatever reason, there was over the course of several minutes, everything happened. Yeah. Anyway. It's okay. He'll be back. Freaking better be. I mean, that's it's almost certainly just a temporary upgrade anyway, because I would agree that Peter with just the homecoming suit would not necessarily be as equipped to go up and like yeah, a big like cosmic the, crossover the spider event. legs that came with the Iron Spider suit came in handy on multiple occasions. Yeah, so it's pretty cool that they're doing that as kind of a fun little temporary thing, I guess. Yeah, can we talk about how when Peter is introducing himself to Doctor Strange? Oh, God, Dr. yes. Strange introduces him himself, and Peter's like, oh, we're using our made-up names, and I am Spider-Man. It's funny, that was actually in the trailer, <laughs> but I think with a slightly different background, it would be interesting to watch the trailers now and see how many scenes oh, yeah. they, like, faked I haven't out. Seen, I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, and I don't remember a bunch from the trailers, but I think that scene played out slightly differently in the trailers. But can we talk about how funny it is that Doctor Strange is actually the dude's real name? And Peter was like, oh, we're using our made-up names. Man, Doctor Strange <laughs> must have just been like, who the hell are you? Yeah, while that's happening, the Guards of the Galaxy discover... How do they discover it? They follow, oh, they follow the, the distress, distress signal, signal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from the Asgardian ship. And they, and they come pick to up find Thor. It. Oh my god, because he like collides with their windshield and then he opens an eye. They're like, he's still alive, what the hell? Man, post-Ragnarok Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy are a really good combo. They are, they so are. I'm really glad that they continued Thor's slight shift in his yeah. style. From yeah, Ragnarok. you know, I had heard... Okay, granted, I first heard of this through a Daily Mail article that the headline really bastardized what Chris Hemsworth had actually said, but 
the Russos had apparently like reworked the character a little bit, even from his Ragnarok characterization for the slightly more serious movie that this was going to be. But honestly, I thought... It felt consistent. Yes, it felt consistent. I thought so, for sure. But I'll admit, I'm honestly a little bit frustrated by the fact that they undid some of the distinctive visual changes to the character by yeah. giving him a new eye and getting yeah, rid of the, the hammer. like cyborg eye. It was a fun way to pull in Rocket's cybernetic gag, but also yeah. I honestly would have preferred it if they had kept him with the look that he had yeah, at the end of I Ragnarok. Yeah, I can totally see. Not using a hammer and having the eye patch like yeah. Odin had. Although in the final fight scene in Wakanda, we definitely see Thor harnessing lightning Completely independent of the axe. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't he's sort th- he of, like, learned need... to balance both those powers. It yeah, like. I think he has, but I think it would have also been cool to see Thor diverging a little bit more from his history and developing beyond having to use a hammer. Well, he's not using, yeah. Yeah, an axe works slightly differently. So, yeah, they pick up Thor. They have a great bit yeah. where... Gamora and Thor definitely have a little bit of chemistry. Yeah. Oh my god. That would be such a good Thor would be such an upgrade and... from Peter Quill. Let's be real here. I mean, yes. He's a pirate angel. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Although I contend still that Gamora and Valkyrie would be even better. Yeah, thought, I wouldn't disagree. If they don't bring Gamora back for some incredibly dumb reason... What if Valkyrie sort of took her place in the Guardians of the Galaxy? Wait, I love that. I feel like she would actually be a perfect fit with them. Yeah, Valkyrie needs to come back somehow. Yeah, definitely. That would be one Preferably really like, way to do it. Preferably like not as Gamora's replacement. Preferably alongside Gamora, so they can you know be in love and stuff. Because I still think they would be the best couple in the entire MCU. But if they have to keep Gamora dead, having Valkyrie take her place on that team, I think would be. A decent band-aid. Okay. Yeah, then the Guardians of the Galaxy split up. Okay, so it's been actually several years since Guardians 2 at that point, because Volume 2 took place only a few months after the first movie. Oh, true, yeah. We see that Groot is still in his teenage form, which honestly I kind of wish that he had gotten more big at that point, just because it would be cool to see, like, giant Groot. But, you know, teenage Groot was funny, but mostly just He could be, like, an older adolescent... We're at like 17, 18 in human years, somewhere in there. Yeah. He's interesting, and he's another funny stage yeah. of Groot. And he gets to make the handle for the axe. Yeah. That's so good, oh, and God. the axe looks so cool. Okay, yeah, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but Sorry. yeah. Thor and Rocket and Groot go to this the place that's hard to pronounce. I don't even... The freaking yeah. place where Mjolnir was forged in the heart of a dying star and everything. That is super cool. Can we talk about how hilarious it is to have Peter Dinklage playing a giant? That's awesome. I feel like... But he's also a dwarf. Yeah, a giant dwarf. That's just hysterical. I that's feel great. I love it. That is like one of the most inspired pieces of casting in the entire MCU. And the MCU is basically just all inspired casting. Yeah, that is a super cool sequence there just visually... And I think we really see Thor using the greater power that he's developed in Ragnarok. Yeah. And he gets the forge going and they create the new axe, which is named Stormbreaker. Which is badass. And okay, you might not know this, but... Probably not. Okay, so the character Beta Ray Bill, which I've talked about, was a replacement character for Thor. He's mm-hmm. a weird cosmic thing going on and his face looks like a horse. Okay. And at some point when Thor was dead or otherwise incapacitated, 
Vader Ray Bill took over basically as mm-hmm. Thor by taking Mjolnir. And then when Thor came back and got Mjolnir back, Vader Ray Bill got a replacement, which was Stormbreaker. Oh, huh. So that's an interesting little piece of mythology. And there's also been other times where Thor has used an axe. Like I think when Jane Foster was Thor in the comics and had Mjolnir, Thor had an axe instead. Oh, interesting. So that's a super cool sequence. I love the fact that Groot creates the handle it's for it. It's so good. Okay, honestly, like, it's the only significant thing Groot does in this movie, which, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it's because it's such a huge movie. Yeah, definitely. They only had room for so much. Yeah, but I feel like most of the rest of the movie, he was just, he's playing video games joke. Yeah. Which is okay, but I feel like they could have done a little bit more with him. Maybe. Avengers 4. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And Guardians he 3. Did, yeah, disappear I mean, you know, He'll be back. That's true. Would they set Guardians 3 before Infinity War, do you think? I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Meanwhile, while that's going on, the rest of the Guardians, they go to nowhere to try to get the Reality Stone, and there's this really interesting sequence. Okay, Gamora first tells Peter to kill her if Thanos gets her. Oh, man. That was an emotionally difficult... Seriously? They also kissed and stuff, which... And then freaking Drax was standing there the entire time. That was... (laughs) And he was like, I've perfected the art of staying so still that I'm invisible to the eye. And he just slowly eats uh, whatever the heck that's supposed to be. And Peter's like, you're eating a Zargnut. Yeah. Drax is great and in this movie. And then Man just pops in and goes, hi, Drax. And Drax is like, darn it. Yeah. That whole sequence is like a perfect example of the emotional ricochet of this movie. It's like, it's really potent. Oh, man. And then it's just really, really funny. It is a real journey. Yeah. So then Drax and Mantis and Quill and Gamora go to nowhere, which this is actually interesting. It sort of looked to me when they were entering the alternate reality illusion version of nowhere that Mm -hmm. nowhere had developed a look to look like a Chitari head. Yeah, did it look like that the first time around? I don't remember. I don't think so. It definitely looked different. Uh-huh. That might have been part of Thanos's big whole illusion thing. Yeah. And then there's this whole standoff with the Collector, and then, like, Gamora kills Thanos, and then cries, and then Thanos reveals it was a trick from the reality stone, which he already has, which was a really, like, interesting and disturbing thing. Because, I mean, I knew they weren't going to actually kill Thanos there, because... No, definitely Duh. not. But that was interesting. Gamora still having some degree of weird emotional things tied up with Thanos. Yeah, I might be mad about what eventually happened to her, but I'm still glad we got as much of her backstory and exploration of her psyche as we did. Yeah. That was really good. This movie only had so much room to give each person in terms of character development and backstory and stuff like that. I'm really glad that, really honestly, the lion's share of that was allotted to Gamora. Yeah, I think they had to develop Gamora in this movie quite a bit. And they also developed Thanos at the same time just because of their existing relationship. Yeah, and because honestly, Thanos has only appeared in after credit sequences pretty much up until now, with the exception of the very beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. So this movie is going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting in order to actually make him a compelling villain rather than some just boring cosmic grape. Yeah, and I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I'm impressed. I really am. Yeah, so then, okay, can we just follow Thanos and Gamora for a bit? Yeah, sure. Because we get the flashback bit where Thanos abducts Gamora and wipes out half her planet with the Chitauri. Yeah. 
Uh, it was interesting to see like that the Chitauri were still around back then. Yeah, I know. I was a bit surprised about that. And then we see at least one more whatever it was that was torturing Gamora look like a Chitauri, but we don't really see the Chitauri as an army or anything. Unless those four-legged monsters that That's were in true. Wakanda were Chitauri, which they might have I mean, them. they kind of looked similar in terms of, like, the faces. They both had, like, really grody-looking mouths yeah. and stuff. If so. they're not the same thing, they're definitely related somehow. Yeah. From the same godforsaken planet or something. Yeah. So, yeah, Thanos tortures Nebula in order to get the location of Gamora, which, man. Location of the Soul Stone. <laughs> Nebula got roughed up. Yeah. That's it's It's a weird theme in this movie. Siblings having to watch each other getting tortured and then eventually giving up the Infinity Stones or whatever. Like, first it happened with Loki attempting to stand by while Thanos tortured Thor with the Power Stone. And then with Gamora and Nebula, I was like, good lord. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole sequence on Vormir was... Oh, wow. Man. Oh, man. I mean, I know we both have thoughts on that. Okay, first off, the Red Skull coming back was... I did not see that coming. Neither did I. I knew he was still alive, but I never thought they'd actually bring him back. Yeah, I was astonished that they brought him back. I think that might have been one of the only moments in the movie when they genuinely pulled the rug out from under me. I was wholesale not expecting that. Yeah. And then there's a whole thing where, oh, you have to sacrifice uh, something you love thing, which... Yeah, I have honestly, thoughts I a would capital take, T about that. I would take Gamora's side on that. I don't think Thanos is really capable of love. Yeah, exactly. Considering... That's what pisses me off about that whole sequence. It's not love. He's a narcissistic, abusive asshole in disguise as a father figure. Yeah. I, I feel like I've described Maybe somebody else's because... way before. He's a... He's a wolf in Mr. Rogers' clothing. His whole thing is having an insane will and willpower to accomplish his goals. And based on the combination of that and his overall drive and conviction that he's doing the right thing, I think could have been enough to almost convince the Soul Stone. I don't know. The way it came across to me was more like Thanos thought it was love and that was what mattered, which is yeah, it's, yeah, or that, um, yeah. I'm still not happy about that at all, because that's not actual love. Freaking stop it. Yeah. Grr. Anyway. Yeah. And then she, the Gamora got brown, which is, yeah. I feel like, I don't think we've seen the last of Gamora, like I, I said. We better not have. Just, I don't think she's going to get resurrected exactly, but because of how the young Gamora appeared at the end of Infinity War was... You were talking about young Loki early. What if we got both young Loki and young Gamora? I'm not sure how young Gamora would make sense, but yes, I mentioned I would love to see the young Loki come back rather than resurrecting Tom Hiddleston Loki, because young Loki is amazing and it would let the character come back in a really interesting new way. Yeah, and set us up for Young Avengers? Yes, that would be so good. But it would also like not necessarily overshadow his death at Infinity War, because he's still kind of... A different character at that point. Yeah, I would agree. And then we get the rest of the Guardians meet the Avengers on Titan. And they have the fight, because of course they have the fight. Oh yeah, totally. And then they eventually figure out they're on the same side. That was fun. I love Peter uh, was just like, We're the Avengers, man. I loved it when Tony told Peter, Hey kid, you're an Avenger now. And I was just like, Oh, finally. That was, that was good. He did the little like knighting thing with his hand. Yeah, and like that extended shot of Peter's face when he's processing it was really cute. Oh, yeah, he's great. No, Peter's so good. Yeah, okay. 
There's a whole fight, which is entertaining and pretty funny. And Peter and Tony fighting. Peter Quill and Tony fighting, fighting is great. Yeah. You're from Earth. I'm from Missouri. Yeah, that's on Earth dipshit. <laughs> God, it's so good. Yeah. But I also, I think... Okay, I think there's something significant in Doctor Strange and his time stone meditation there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, Let's because Doctor Strange says on the ship that he would sacrifice Tony and Peter to keep the time stone safe from Thanos. Mm-hmm. And then he does a time stone meditation. Mm-hmm. And he looks into all the 14 million possible futures and sees only one where they win. Mm-hmm. And then later on, after that, okay, awesome fight sequence with Thanos, just God, by the way. Seriously. That was yeah, a can really... we talk about how, with the teamwork, they almost beat him? Yeah. They that was th- would have beaten him they if showed, Peter hadn't... They show that their greatest strength was working together and Yeah, but plans then, and stuff. like, Peter Quill had to go and ruin it all. And I don't know. I, I have a lot of overall thoughts on something like that, but I can get to that in a bit. But yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah. So we establish all that about Strange, and then he sees the only possible future where they win, or at least one of the only possible futures where they win. And then, at the end of that whole fight sequence, Thanos beats the hell out of Tony. I, I honestly expected Tony to die in that. Yeah, yeah, he got which, stabbed in the freaking kidney. I, think I they were thought going for. he was going to kick it. But Strange gives up the Mind Stone. The Time to Stone. Spare, the Time Stone to spare Stark. Yeah. In the theater, I was like, no, you idiot. Why would you do that? But I realized this later when I was thinking about this. I'm thinking now that the future he saw in which they won involves them losing first. Yeah. And I think he recognized that he had to keep Tony alive because I think whatever future he saw where they win, they need Tony to help them do that. That makes sense. And I think it's either a case of they need all the six original Avengers, or they, they just need his expertise like, specifically, in some way, shape, or, form. or even not his expertise. But I think that Tony sacrificing himself to use the Infinity Gauntlet to resurrect everybody would be one very compelling and reasonable conclusion. And okay, so I don't know if there's a whole lot that I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much said a lot. The but. fight against Thanos was really cool. And I've said before, I think that Thanos could have used the stones better and defeated them all easily. But he didn't. Yeah, but I also think that it was a really cool fight scene. It was really cool to see the teamwork. Oh, totally. Doctor Strange had some amazing bits. And I loved <laughs> Peter jumping through portals and just whacking Thanos a bunch of times. That was so good. That was so good. I love it. Magic kick. <laughs> yeah. Peter is flawless. I love that him. was an amazing fight scene. And Thanos threw a moon at Tony. And Tony's reaction was just, if you throw another moon at me, I am going to lose it. Oh my god. <laughs> Filed under lines that really shouldn't make sense, but do. Similar to that, you can't be our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there's no neighborhood. Yeah. Peter! Anyway. And in a bit of a throwback, the way they killed the Maw on the ship was fun too oh totally yeah okay and meanwhile we start with vision and wanda and oh right we haven't talked about them yet yeah and yeah so they've established that the vision and wanda have a relationship which we already saw hints at in age of ultron and civil war yeah i was gonna say even as early as age of ultron for sure yeah and now they're running around meeting up secretly yeah under the radar of both teams of the avengers which is (laughs) interesting yeah very star-crossed yeah, and Vision is talking about running away from both of the teams. 
And he's also got this whole thing where he looks human. Yeah. Which seems like it's probably just some illusion thing that he's got going on. Yeah, he says after he gets stabbed by one member of the Black Order that getting stabbed in this particular place whatever stopped him from phasing? That's what he called it? Yeah, and which is why he's crippled for the entire rest of the movie. Which is yeah. honestly kind of too bad because he has some really cool powers and it would have been cool to see him. Yeah, well he did kind of get him. to show them off in the big fight scene in Edinburgh with... Yeah. For a while it was just bit. Vision and Scarlet Witch versus the Black Order members. They held their own pretty well, I think. They held their own pretty well, but it also showed that fighting one-on-one against them is not viable and that teamwork yeah. is needed to stop them. Yeah. And then... Speaking of teamwork... Oh my god! Oh god, that was such an amazing... That was such a badass entrance. Steve. Like, just the way that Steve was silhouetted And the music, the they did, like, the triumphant Avengers oh theme god, music. Oh yes. I'm so sure that the entire Marvel fandom recognized Steve just from his silhouette right away, you know? Absolutely. Shoulder-to-waist ratio of a Dorito and all that. Because who else was it going to be? Really honestly, yeah. Oh man. They're great. Can we talk about how hot Steve looks with the beard? Like, Steve, good lord! Woo! Steve's new look is great. Oh my god, it so is. It's interesting. He never describes himself as Captain America in this movie. Yeah, and definitely or not. Anyone else or does. Nomad, for that matter. He's no. not Nomad. Honestly, I kind of wish they had done some Mad Without a Country gag with him, but. Yeah, I that would have been nice. And it would have been nice if they'd gone for, like, the plunging neckline of the Nomad costume. No comment. <laughs> but they've still anyway, got room for that in Avengers 4 because he hasn't. Oh, totally. Like, he's going to get the shield back. You know, and some emotional reconciliation with Stark, like I mentioned. Yeah, totally. And bonus points if in a big fight scene in Avengers 4, the entire front of his costume gets ripped off. I swear I'm done. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, he's Again. accompanied by Black Widow and Falcon. Yeah. There's no real reason given for why Black Widow's hair is bleach blonde. I mean, she's undercover, right? Oh, well, yeah, that would make sense. She has but... a new look. It might be a reference to one of the other Black Widows. Really? Yeah, in the comics, there's a couple different characters named Black Widow. She's still the main one, but there's also one who has blonde hair. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that might have been a reference to that. And partly just she's undercover and in disguise a little bit. Yeah. Her new outfit is cool, too. Yeah, totally. Everyone's outfits are just, like, super cool. Yeah, yeah. And then they also have Falcon with them. Falcon's fun. Love him. And they kick the Black Order's ass. That was great. But, but they, the Black Order gets beamed up. Yeah. They, they don't actually kill them. Yeah. They don't kill them. They probably could have, but the Black Order's just like, yeah, fools. no. Black Widow literally says, like, we don't want to kill you, but we will. And they yeah, honestly should yeah. have. I mean, they would have, I have probably been better off if again, they did. Yeah. I'm going to have more thoughts about that, but like, let's save that for later. Yeah. And then they return to the Avengers compound and they meet War Machine. Who is in a and meeting, Bruce. like a virtual meeting with Thaddeus Ross. No, Bruce doesn't come in until like a little bit later. Yeah, Bruce is there, but he doesn't show up until later. It's really interesting how Rhodey, his position on the Sokovia Accords has evolved really immensely. I don't know if his position necessarily even evolved as much as it's just... He's willing to set it aside in times like this. Yeah, which I think was like, inevitably going to happen. Yeah. Because the Sokovia Accords are not going to be useful right now. No, they really And he basically just tells Ross to go screw himself. Basically. And he's also walking again on his little cyborg leg things. Yeah, so that's nice nice. to see. I'm glad he's covering. Yeah, Yeah. and then Steve and company show up and... Okay, you remember that line Steve has when he's like, 
If necessary, I'll go through you talking to the hologram of Ross. I know Steve isn't really the sort to go all smartass like that, but I really was honestly hoping <laughs> he would just walk through the hologram of Ross and be like, oh, turns out I can. Or something oh, like God. that. That would have been so funny. That's great. That's great. I didn't even catch that. That would have been more in character for Sam, I think. Sam would have been like, I'll go through you. Walks through the hologram. See? It's easy. That would have yeah. been so good. Missed opportunity, Russo's. And then they reunite with Marcus and McFeely. They reunite with Bruce and they establish that Hawkeye and Ant Man are both out of the picture. Yeah. I love how Bruce is like, what, so Ant Man and a Spider Man? <laughs> oh my god. And Falcon's face is just like, no, mm, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I the moment with Bruce and Nat was so awkward. And it I love was. how Sam was just like, Well, this is awkward. They just they did not really follow up on that relationship at all. Yeah, which I think is a good thing, but ironically I'll say this in the Ragnarok episode, which is upcoming at some point, but I believed Bruce and Nat's relationship more in the scene from Ragnarok when Hulk is watching the video of Natasha than I did in the entirety of Age of Ultron. And it's the same thing here. I believed it more in that awkward reunion moment than I did in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Okay, also, shout out to everyone having been in Jerry Slavers. In, in what now? They're when they're talking with Strange in the Sanctum. Oh. And there's like, what was it, Stark raving something? I don't remember. Was his Ben and Jerry's flavor? And then there's oh a my Hulk, God. A Hulk yes. of in chocolate, and Bruce is like, wait, that's a thing? Oh my God. <laughs> that was so good. I love that. That was so funny. Now, that. obviously, Ben and Jerry's needs to release those tie-in flavors. Especially after, like, the bit in Ragnarok where Thor was just like, no, Earth hates Hulk. No. Which, you know, he was just saying that to be mean, but still, it's kind of actually sweet to see that, oh, Ben and Jerry's made a flavor for the Hulk. Yeah, that's cute. God, what do you think they told everybody on Earth after Hulk disappeared in, at the end of Age of Ultron? Oh, God. Did they just tell him that he went missing in action or something like that? Has he been... I don't know. Pseudo-posthumously turned into some sort of war hero or something? Oh, my God. Oh okay, no. also, anyway. now I need to see in Avengers 4 where Hulk is just eating a giant thing of that ice cream. Oh, seriously. That would be so That good. would be... Yes, that would be so good. Product yeah. placement. Yeah, so that's the whole nice reunion bit. And then they go to Wakanda! Yes! Yeah, and honestly, like, one of my very few critiques of this movie is that Shuri is not in it nearly enough. T'Challa doesn't have a huge role either, really. I feel like the fact that T'Challa doesn't have a huge role personally is made up for by the fact that Wakanda has such a huge role. That's true. That Wakandans show up in force. We get M'Baku back! Yeah! Yeah. I love how there's so much of Wakanda from Black Panther going on. Yeah, seriously. Shuri's still around. They can work with Vision because he's made of vibranium. Okoye is still around. I love the bit where she was like, yeah, when we opened Wakanda's borders, this was not what I was expecting. And I don't remember what she said first when T'Challa asked her what she was expecting. She was like, maybe a Starbucks? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was great. Man. But yeah, I like the fact that Mabaku and the Mountain Tribe came back. So good! And all the rest of them. It was... Really cool to see Wakanda in the spotlight so much. Yeah. Even if it was for the last third of the film only, really. Um, and Oh, the bit where T'Challa and Okoye and the Kingsguard members go to Bucky and give him a new arm. That was awesome. And that new arm looks badass. It is a cool arm. Yeah, and it doesn't have the stupid Russian star on it anymore. He's not their property. Woo! Sorry, I have a lot of emotions about Bucky Barnes. 
Yeah, Bucky's great. And then they have their whole fight scene with Steve and Bruce is in the Hulkbuster, which is great. Yeah, I think we mentioned the bit about him tripping earlier. That's so good. Yeah. And Wanda stays back to defend Vision while the rest of them go out to stop the uh, thing. Yeah, and Shuri tries to get the stone out of Vision's head. Yeah. Part of the reasons I'm suspecting Vision will come back is that they establish there that he could live without the Time Stone. Yeah. And that might have just been a bait and switch because the audience was already like, oh, we know Thanos is going to get the Time Stone, so they're trying to establish, oh, but maybe he gets it and Vision isn't dead. Yeah, maybe. I'm not really sure. It could go either way, I feel like. Yeah. As far as what that foreshadowing means or if it's just misdirection. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's that whole sequence. The two members of the Black Order come back. There's a lot of warships dropping in and stuff. I love how the first one just explodes on the shield. Yeah, that's so good. They really established that even while everywhere else has been completely outclassed by Thanos, Wakanda can still hold its own. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. They don't even breach the shield, really, besides no. a few aliens managing to... They kind of make Blast themselves through, through. But some of them also, like, Most cut themselves in Most of them just freaking half. die. Yeah. You know, and then there's a few that make it through, and then because of that, Shala decides to open the shield and let them pass in. But the yeah, shield itself never falls. Yeah, because a few of them start trying to go... Yeah, you're right, the shield never falls. A few of them, like, are trying to go around the perimeter, and they're like, oh, we better keep them in front. Let's open the door. Yeah, and then they kick ass. It's a full, fun, extended action sequence. Oh my god, there's so much happening. And it's all really cool. I just love that bit, you know, where they get the chance to kick ass. And then they kick ass for a little while, and we already talked about Thor and his whole thing. Yeah. But then they come back, they summon the Bifrost, and Thor just blasts their asses into the middle of the battle. Oh my god, And it's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it was really cool to see... You know, I know I mentioned before that I kind of wish they kept Thor not needing to use a weapon or anything. But they definitely showed that he was stronger and maybe didn't necessarily need that weapon, except to kill Thanos, but also... He didn't need the weapon for regular battle, necessarily, although it helped. He was kicking ass with it, and it was awesome. Oh my god, it was so good. And they had a few just fun union slash reunion bits. You know, Thor was all like, I see you've copied my beard. (laughs) I forgot about that. And a few fun, like, meeting bits. Can we talk about how Bucky and Rocket did the same sort of, like, spinny thing that Rocket and Groot did. That was amazing. That was I so that. wonderful. And also and then the, Bucky, at the end, Bucky and Rocket need to just be like BFFs because they're so similar. Rocket asked Bucky for his arm. Oh my god. Everyone knew that and joke Bucky was... Bucky was just like, really? I'm just getting that. Just completely ignored him. Everyone knew that joke was coming, but it was so good. Wait, can, we talk, can we like shout out to the moment when... Thor was like, yeah, this is my friend Groot. He's a tree or whatever. And Groot has just, like, impaled three of, like, the weird dog monster things. <laughs> and just, like, kills them and turns to Steve and says, I am Groot. And Steve goes, I am Steve Rogers. That was so cute. I love that. That was See, that like, was that's great. the thing about this movie. It ends on such a downer of a note. Like, it just crushes your soul at the last minute. But up until then, there was so much good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm so conflicted. I was kind of hoping that somebody in, like, among the forces on the Wakandan side, when they were seeing, like, the invading, like, dog monsters or whatever, I was hoping one of them would harken back to Ant-Man and say, that's one messed up looking dog. 
<laughs> I was really hoping that would happen, but oh well. Yeah. Okay, and then... Yeah, what else What um, else is there to talk about? We mentioned okay, the they, girl, squ- girl squad taking down Proxima Midnight. Yeah, the big old wheels... Well, the big oh, old the wheels, wheels come in, and yeah, then... Yeah, and they get, they get around the shield by burrowing under it, although, they again, they don't break the shield. Clever. Yeah. Yeah, that's clever. And I bet the, Shuri's gonna expand the shield. Almost certainly. Yeah. She's like, okay, better bank the ground impenetrable, too. Yeah, so then... Wanda comes out to smash all the wheels, yeah. which is their cue to send one of the Black Order over there to try to get the Mind Stone from Vision without Wanda defending it. Yeah. Um, which is clever on their parts. Yeah. But also, I love how the bit where like Wanda smashes all the wheels and Nakia's just... Not Nakia. Okoye's just like, why hasn't she been out here this whole time? Well, there was a reason. But there I... was, but that was still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Scarlet Witch is great. Um, yeah, she's she's so powerful. I love it. Then then there's the girl fight against Proxima Midnight, which yeah. was fun. Yeah, I then, I need more Black Widow and Okoye. I hope we get more of that. Seriously, um, and then somehow stuff like migrates to the woods. Um, yeah, it's Bruce versus big guy um, yeah, migrates he, to the woods. He's trying to get the Hulk to come out, and the Hulk doesn't want to come out. I love how Bruce is actively pissed at the Hulk, but he's not hulking out because of that. That's yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, because basically just completely has reestab- has resituated how and when the Hulk comes out. Yeah, so 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 interesting. Yeah, um, and then he's just like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Yeah, and he uses the. It's a, I don't know. It's it's reminding me of that moment when um like the, Thor and Banner are on Sakaar, and Banner is like, "Yeah, Banner's strong too," and Thor's like, "Is he though?" And he totally gets to be, though. I love that. Yeah, that was great. That was great. You yeah. know, they gave Mark Ruffalo a good chance to shine without being CGI'd into a big green rage monster. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Although I am very much looking forward to in Avengers 4 when he inevitably hulks out from inside the Hulkbuster. And just boom! That would be so good. What if Tony made a suit of armor to fit the Hulk? With like, it, what, yes. What if the Hulkbuster was able to, like, expand with the Hulk? Holy God, he'd be unstoppable. Dang. Oh, my God. Dang. Oh, my God. Marvel, get me on the phone. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, yeah, so the fight kind of goes over to the woods through various means. And it ends with... Yeah, and shockingly, Thanos doesn't use... Again, Thanos Thanos does not... He does not use the Infinity Gauntlet to actually outright kill people. I think the thing is that at that point, he knows he doesn't need to. It's true, that's true. You know, because Thanos doesn't just want to kill everyone. Is yeah, what he wants to... Like we said, he has some sort of weird idea of bringing balance to the universe. Yeah, which... Okay, I mentioned before that Thanos isn't using the stones to their full potential. And that's... It's partly because he's probably got, like, subconscious limitations on himself. Mm-hmm. If somebody has all six Infinity Stones, they could create so many better solutions to overpopulation than just killing people. See, okay, That's here's what I want to happen in Avengers 4. I want either the original six Avengers, or even better, just Nebula to get to, for her way of getting her like revenge on Thanos. I would really love it if Nebula got the Infinity Gauntlet, not only undid everything Thanos did, but also like used the Infinity Gauntlet to fix all the, like, resource problems that he identified to just, like, make it so that nobody would ever have to go hungry ever again without this whole, like, random genocide thing. That would be interesting. See, I... My problem with going for, like, the original Infinity Gauntlet story, just, like, copying that straight from the comics, is that 
It would feel cheap to me if they just undid what Thanos did, like just straight up. Like yeah. there have That's <sighs> the thing. Like I think that if there is an undoing thing, which obviously there's going to be, I think it's only going to be people who got like wiped out by the snappy snap. Yeah, which you know, and all the other more, uh... and all the other deaths, I think you know, they were given a lot more emotional weight in the movie, and I think they made sense for those characters. Um, so I think those are permanent. And I think, yeah, you know, yeah. any that we see in Avengers 4 will be permanent, too. Yeah, there's going to have to be some part sort of, of sacrifice whole... for it to not feel yeah, cheap, yeah. like a big old reset button. And like, I think That's what I'm afraid of. And I think... I think it'll actually also just destroy the gauntlet. I mean, yeah, definitely. Slash the stones themselves, even. That would make sense. But yeah, no, I think in order for this to not feel just like a reset button that cheapens the ending of this movie whoever takes the infinity gauntlet and reverses what thanos did is going to have to do more than that and i i'm not even sure like just a sacrifice would cut it necessarily i think it would have even more like emotional resonance if whoever took the infinity gauntlet and i really 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 want it to be nebula was able to use it to do what Thanos never thought to do. Thanos could only yeah, that would be think to use it to that kill. Would be interesting. Whoever, like, if somebody, I guess, slightly more altruistic or who just really wants to, like, say, up yours or to was Thanos. Or smarter. Yeah, or was just smarter. Thought to use it for creation rather than destruction. Yeah. That would be such an emotionally satisfying that resolution be, to this whole be. thing. I really desperately want that to be the case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was so, one of the big points I wanted to make about the overall movie. Yeah, so I think we can just about wrap it up now. Yeah, but I will say, quick, like, go ahead. Quick shout out to the post-credit scene where Nick Fury summons Captain Marvel. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, so it basically seems like what it's going to end up being is the main six Avengers, because of course Hawkeye's going to come back. Probably, yeah. And back up from Captain Marvel and possibly scott i think i think ant-man has to come in at some point he probably should yeah yeah i will say i think yeah i think actually the main reason they probably didn't include ant-man is because of ant-man and the wasp probably taking place between civil war and infinity war oh that's true so then ant-man and the wasp shows like what happened to scott lang before then and then avengers 4 he can come in from after that and yeah that makes total sense probably with the wasp even Oh my god, that'd be amazing. That would be so wonderful. And it'd be like a sort of poetic justice for Wasp being excluded from the initial Avengers lineup, even though she was one of the founding members in the comics, right? Sort of, yeah. Ant-Man was too, although, you know, different Wasp and different Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like, I will say, I, with the sudden heel turn that the movie did with like, or it wasn't even like a heel turn so much, it's just like, I really didn't think they would go so far as to like, have Thanos actually do the snap. I was sort of like denying that it would happen until the very last second. I was honestly hoping that they wouldn't just because at that point you know that it doesn't carry any weight because it's going to be undone. But I think they managed to do it in a way that works okay. Especially because it's going to have to... There's going to be like a whole year for it to sink in. Yeah, well, and no, my whole deal with that is like the thing I... The pattern I noticed, and I was talking to Will about this last night, was like people's... Like, our heroes' best impulses were ultimately their undoing. Like, their willingness to sacrifice yeah. themselves for the greater good. Or, like, they're, they're want, wanting to save their team.
teammates, no, almost no matter what, like what, like trying to find that option C until the very, very last minute. It felt like ultimately mercy meant nothing. And that was one of the best qualities exhibited by like pretty much everybody in that movie. Like they I think consistently looked out for each other when push came to shove. And I felt like ultimately mercy and, and love worked against them so that was why i kind of left that movie feeling like emotionally like i'd been put through the ringer um, yeah I, I, and i think that's partly the point of the movie but also yeah. that you know avengers 4 is obviously going to be a counterpoint to that yeah i really really hope like the because, last time you know I... like strange's sacrifice to save stark is almost certainly part of some greater plan god let's hope yeah, like, the and only time I think, I can... like, we're going to see, like, you know, some kind of sacrifice made to bring everyone back, and that would be a very compelling kind of counterpoint to all of the yeah. admittedly very emotionally um, draining parts of this movie. Yeah, like, what, I was, what I've been trying to say for the past 30 seconds is yes. um, the last time I can remember feeling like this after I walked out of a movie. Like, I'd say the last movie that I watched was the, that was this emotionally draining was Captain America Civil War, but that was because, like, the first time I watched it, I didn't know everybody was going to survive. It was much easier to watch that the second time around. But the, la- the, the only movie experience I can think of where I felt, like, comparable to this on walking out of the theater was actually The Big Short. It was a... Yeah, I know you haven't seen it. I don't recommend that you would see it because it's it will annihilate all your faith in humanity. It's such a well-done movie. Adam McKay knows how to make a movie. He's the same guy who did Ant-Man. Huh. Like, it's a very well-constructed, well-acted, snappy movie, but it's people are horrible in that movie, and so many people are so greedy and, like, screw each other over, and I just left that movie feeling completely, like, bereft almost doesn't feel like a strong enough word for it. Like, I was just numb afterwards. And that's mm. that's approximately how I felt in the aftermath of this movie. More Not... Not even necessarily that, like, people were terrible in this movie, but that people were good and it wasn't enough. That was the really devastating part of this movie for me, I think. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. I think... So that's why I was a little bit of a wreck yeah. after that. And we walked out the of the only... theater and I was like, I need ice cream and a hug. <laughs> and we ended up eating ice cream last night instead of recording. Yeah. I think the only counterpoint there is just that it's so clearly, like, set up for the triumphant return in the next movie. Better you know, I think the whole That's point is say. like they kind of have to throw everything under the bus and then... Yeah, and I get that from like a narrative structure perspective, but it's still just like... Yeah, but ah. it's still difficult to get through. And then, you know, that just makes the eventual triumph that much better. Oh, I hope so. Anyway, I feel like we pretty much covered. So. Yeah, yeah. This has been an extra long episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. With good reason. Yeah, I, there's a lot to talk about, genuinely. No, we don't say sorry, we say you're welcome. Okay, yeah. I'm. Can you tell I'm the one who lived in Canada for a while? Um, but yeah, anyway, so we will be back next week with another episode. Um, that one on C2E2. Yes! Our fun little trip just yeah. before we launched our first episode. Yeah, so that'll be a super fun, like, retrospective thing. Anyway, so we're going to wrap it up, I think. Yep. Right. So yep. see you guys next week. That's it for this episode of Yelling About Superheroes. For more yelling, you can follow us on Twitter at Supers, 
or check out our website at anchor.fm slash yelling-about-superheroes. You can also visit Whitney's blog at whitneythompson.wordpress.com, where we post our reading lists for each episode. We're now on iTunes, which is exciting, so if you're an iTunes listener, don't forget to subscribe there, and please rate the show and leave us a review. It'll help us in store rankings, and we always love feedback. We're also on Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Our theme music was composed by Rodrigo Vicente. You can listen to more of his work at hooksounds.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.